Dealing with noise complaints? Maudio can help. Maudio reduces noise complaints by up to 85%, improving guest comfort and quality of sleep. Installation is quick and easy, meaning no lost room nights. Visit www.maudio.audio to learn more and request a demo. Welcome to Checking In, the podcast that looks at the people, the issues, and the trends shaping the dynamic and exciting hotel business. We sit down with leaders, hoteliers, and industry experts as they share best practices, highlight smart solutions, and discuss strategies for growth, ultimately helping hoteliers better understand and affect positive change to grow their businesses. Now, here is your host, editor, and publisher of Hotelier Magazine, Rosanna Kyra. This morning, my guest on Checking In is Sarah Angel. Sarah joined the Greater Toronto Hotel Association in December 2022 as president and CEO. Prior to this role, Sarah was president of the National Marine Manufacturers Association Canada for nearly 15 years. Sarah has more than 25 years of experience in government relations, holding several political positions within the Ontario government, including communications, policy, and Chief Staff to the Minister of Northern Development and Mines. Sarah has also led government relation efforts in the private sector, having worked in the Ontario energy industry following her departure from government in 2003. Today, she also serves on the Executive Committee and boards uh, and Board of Directors on Destinations Toronto. She serves on the Board of Directors of Mississauga Tourism, And in her previous role, Sarah was heavily involved and committed to the recreational boating industry by serving on several national and international industry boards. Welcome, Sarah, to Checking In. Thank you. Thrilled to be here, Rosanna. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. And I know we've been talking about uh, being part of this podcast for a few months. And I know, um, you know, as you joined the Industry Association late last year, You've been getting up to speed on all the issues and everything that's going on in this dynamic industry. So uh, I'm thrilled that we finally have time to connect today. Um, So Sarah, I thought maybe we could start off uh, for those who maybe aren't as familiar with the GTHA, uh, just about the association's missions and goal um, and, and what you're really charged with in this new role of yours. Yes. So first of all, we've been around for nearly a century. So it's amazing to to see that Uh, in 2025, GTHA will be celebrating its centennial year. So that's a pretty big milestone. Right. Uh, The hotel industry has changed a lot, as we all know, over this time. But our core mission is the same, to advocate on behalf of hotels for the growth of the industry. And we've got four big goals proactively influence policy that affects our industry, raise our profile with decision makers, promote a positive public image of the hotel industry, and deliver the right programs and events to help our members thrive. So really you're out there to make your industry members, which I believe, how many members do you have in the association? About 170 members representing 36,000 guest rooms and about 32,000 employees. That's a lot. Um, So there's a lot of varied um, objectives in that group. And obviously, with the pandemic over the last three years, the hotel industry has really changed dramatically. And I think there's a whole new scope of issues that have come to light uh, through the pandemic. And hard to believe that's almost now four years, uh, which is crazy. But what, what are some of the key challenges that the association faces today as opposed to perhaps in, in the past. And some of those maybe overlap and, and some are new. What are some of those key challenges? 
Well, I think it, everyone would agree on, on some of the key ones. There's the feeling of the pinch of inflation, including at the hotels. And Toronto is now the highest tax destination in North America in our in our set. So we're not competing against New York for conventions and, and events. But of the subset we do compete with, Toronto is now the most expensive place Incredible. for hotel taxes. Yeah. And that's with the recent announcement of the increase of the municipal accommodations tax to 6% from 4%. Uh, that's bringing the effective tax rate of almost 20%. So now the city Toronto, the city now wants to impose a levy on commercial parking lots and maybe bring in a municipal sales tax. And we understand the city of Toronto is tight for fiscal situation, but taxing an already squeezed industry is not the way to go. So I'm working very closely, starting to work closely with city to educate them on a lot of things that I don't think they realize, and maybe there needs to be more proactive advocacy post-pandemic to, to address some of these changes. So we're, we're prepared to work with all levels of government to find the solutions that increase revenues without hurting tourism, which is a big economic, economic driver of the region. Of course, another challenge is the labor supply and finding the right people to work in the hotel industry and ensuring, ensuring we can retain them. Um, I think, you know, if I could say, and I'll probably repeat it at the end, is that it was probably the most, the biggest challenge. I've been on the job for four weeks and through another stakeholder, uh, I find out that the city is planning to increase the, the MAT tax from four to six percent. So I think the first thing, the light bulb that came on there is that um, there was no consultation with the industry. So that's sort of at the core of the challenge and my mission to make sure that that's changed and elevating our advocacy and our efforts to address these challenges in advance of government doing things to us. So that um, that tax, which is now known as MAT, as you mentioned, uh, used to be the destination marketing, I guess, fee in the past. And that's always been a contentious issue for a lot of uh, hotel um, owners and operators because it just adds another level of uh, cost to the consumer coming into the city. Now, as you said, we understand we need those monies as a city, um, but what you're asking for is more consultation, how to do it more effectively so it doesn't impact on operators as much. Do you see the possibility of that being reduced once it's in play? Uh, how does that work in your mind? So first off, I really, I don't, I've traveled around the world quite a bit in my previous role. So I would, you know, I'm pretty sure I can safely say that every jurisdiction and every destination has a, some sort of tax or VAT or something on hotel stays. So that's, that's not necessarily something that, you know, it's frustrating that it's increased. So putting that aside, the goal, of course, for the municipal accommodations tax and the destination marketing program that was there before is to support the tourism for the city. So having said that, <clears throat> I think at this point, um, I don't think it's going to go back. But what I'm trying to do is work with the city and Mississauga because just it, I think Mississauga is going to go the same direction very, very soon. So stay tuned on that. And then other jurisdictions and other municipalities might follow suit. I don't think it's that we can reverse it, but I think there's an opportunity to educate and, and you know, advise them of the importance that that increase be contributed to tourism and promoting the city. And when I've met with the city, it's not a straight, you know, clear cut for tourism. It can be we're having issues with safety and security at the hotels. What is the city of Toronto doing to reinvest in the Toronto police? 
and all the other aspects and mental health and all the issues that come around what's happening in the hotel lobby. So I think there's a great opportunity for that. And I'm pretty comfortable. I'm confident in the dialogue that I have had with city officials and councillors uh, and also appeared before the mayor that they are open for discussion and they're probably going to be looking for us to help them um, work with the other levels of government so they can fill the, the billion dollar gap that exists and that it doesn't always come back to taxing the hotels because that's, you know, not the, the child we need to to always uh, reprimand for, for whatever right. reason. It's a huge economic and tourism driver of the economy. That makes total sense. Um, you talked a little bit about labor too, and that's that's always been an ongoing issue in the industry as long as I've been covering it, which is more years than I want to admit. Um, but it seems to have had a lot more airplay in the last few years since the pandemic. Um, what can your association um, do to help address those issues specifically with labor um, and and you know all the other challenges that you're dealing with? But how are you helping them to deal with with labor? I, I suppose that's the question. I think first off is is just getting in front of government. I mean, Hotel Association of Canada is doing an amazing job federally, so we support that aspect. And provincially is, is the other place where I'm going to be very much focused. Municipally, I don't think there's much that they can do uh, on the labor, maybe just maybe some incentives, some opportunities there. It's It's looking for potential partnerships with government or the colleges, grant money that might be available that the association or the industry could receive to assist in training, um, retention, other programs that we could help develop that would make hospitality, you know, the go-to place. So one of the things I did speak with, uh, we'll talk more about it later, with the federal tourism minister uh, who came to Toronto last week, is that we need to make a, a an amazing campaign about how amazing it is to work in hospitality and to be proud to promote your city by working in hospitality. I think that's all part of it. So it's more of a marketing question. And I know that comes up a lot in my discussions with people in the industry. There's so many great positive attributes of the industry, but we don't often promote it as much as we should. So you're you're saying that we should be promoting it more so that people can really uh, understand what the industry is all about. Absolutely. I mean, it's I, I'm not a, a marketing guru, but that's one of the areas we'll go in. When I look at some of the brands that are out there promoting their product, and they are associations like milk or whatever it is it's just that you 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 feel it and you see it and i think we need to do more in in hospitality to um to elevate whether it's at the high school level at the college level you know i i i would like to also create opportunities where we're getting into the curriculum or being able to make presentations in the high schools about the industry and everything it has to offer makes total sense um Obviously, over the last few years with the pandemic wreaking havoc, um, you know, the goal is to increase tourism now that the pandemic is over. And obviously, when you look at um, sales and statistics, you can see that there's been a real growth in travel patterns over, over the last little while because of the pent up demand of not being able to travel for a few years during the pandemic. What programs do you currently have in place to try to attract uh, or to promote tourism and attract visitors to the to the greater Toronto area. We work right. very closely with Destination Toronto, the Metro Toronto Convention Centre, and other partners to showcase Toronto's, Toronto to the visitors around the world. And our hotels are doing a great job of providing first-class service and amenities to tourists who come to our city. And frankly, the more 
fun and interesting events and conferences this city hosts, the bigger the incentive to visit there is. So we're quite excited for Taylor Swift to come to Toronto next November. So uh, lots of energy around that. And in fact, I think you were there, Rosanna, when we did our hotel outlook that CBRE has actually got a team of folks analyzing you know, what economic impact Taylor Swift tour has on the hotels in different cities. So let's see how that that comes out. Um, we're also working very closely with, you know, TIO and reviewing annual events to ensure they continue to meet the needs of our members and um, everything that's happening in and around the city. And I think, I mean, the details, more details on the actual amazing things that are happening to attract visitors to Toronto it's really in the hands of our, our great team at Destination Toronto and all the detailed work that they do. So we we feed into that and support them. One thing that I want to be working on with the City of Toronto is trying to create uh, some, some activations in Q1, December, January in the city, which is our slower months at the hotels. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the asks I put out to the city is to say, okay, the mat's gone to 6%. What can we do? to do some events, working with like Waterfront BIA as well to say what is it that could attract people to the city and have them stay a night or two. Um, well, that's great. And it, it's mind boggling that the Taylor Swift uh, concert can create such demand in the city and craziness, but that's great. I guess we need more of those types of concerts, right, to, to get the city uh, really busy. Um, obviously, in your role as uh, as an association, you do a lot of advocacy work for the hotel industry, and it's not just about the taxes, it's it's a whole host of other issues. How how are you collaborating? Because you mentioned Destination Toronto a few times this morning, and I know other associations like Orma and Hack. How do you all collaborate? Because one of the things that really became quite evident during the pandemic is the power of partnerships and um, and just working together and what that can create for the industry with spillover effects. So how are you working with other groups like Destination Toronto, uh, maybe Destination Canada as well, Hack, Orma? What are you doing? I mean, I, collaboration, in my view, has to be a conscious effort, right? So it's easy to sometimes get too focused on our own lanes and miss those opportunities. So I'm trying uh, to be very intentional about communicating better and more often with partners to advocate for the industry. For example, this past weekend, I joined Destination Toronto and the MTCC for an excellent meeting with the new federal tourism minister. And I was pleased to join Tayo's um, efforts this earlier this week for Tourism Day at Queen's Park. So it's supporting their initiatives and you know then bringing in what we need out of out of those pieces what i have found about this industry is it is extremely collaborative there are many layers definitely maybe more so than my marine world um but everyone seems to be very very collaborative to your point so it's especially you know hotel association of canada susie has been amazing and sort of sitting down with me on a somewhat regular basis to educate me on things that I don't know and, and see what we could be doing to work better together. So it seems to be like a, a wonderfully close-knit family at all the different layers that feed into each other to support the ultimate goal, which is the tourism industry for the country. I've often heard it said that, you know, um, tourism can come across as a fractured yeah. industry because there's so many different pieces to it and that perhaps the industry uh, through the government don't always understand the value of tourism. Um, do you think that's changing? Do you think governments better understand tourism today after the pandemic than 
before the pandemic? I, I think they do. And I'll say um, 15 years in the recreational boating industry, I often, I, it was a wonderful time, but I oftentimes felt frustrated because governments looked at us as this disposable thing that wasn't necessary to everyone. So it was difficult to attract the attention. Sure, we had lots of attention every year we did our lobby day and so on, but it was never at the senior, senior level. I've been here nine months and I've interacted with Minister Lumsden probably five or six times. He comes to, he came to our hotel summit. He was at Destination Toronto's AGMs. Shelley Carroll, Councillor of Toronto, same thing. All the councillors seem very engaged. Uh, and federally, I mean, for the minister, the new minister of, of tourism to come to Toronto and sit down with our small group, basically a one-on-one -on -one meeting within the first two months of her uh, appointment, I think is speaks volumes. So I definitely feel having lots of advocacy experience that this industry is, is definitely respected by government. But every day we need to educate them and bring it to the forefront again so they don't forget. So you spend a lot of time on the phone with government <laughs> uh, representatives, I imagine. Well, starting to, yeah. We kind of gave them, in, in Toronto, we gave them a break because the mayoral race and then it was summer. So now it, it really activates in the fall uh, and then again in the late winter, early spring. Wonderful. Um, so, Sarah, we've talked a little bit about challenges in the hotel industry and in the city. Toronto's going through a, a bit of a, not a bit of, a very challenging time these days post-pandemic with um, increased violence, transit issues, um, and a host of other issues that it's being faced with. What do you think are the biggest challenge that the city faces these days? And, um, and, and I guess, you know, what can we do about some of those areas? I mean, the statistics show that while leisure travel has bounced back, business travel is still lagging compared to pre-pandemic levels. And it is what it is. I, we can't fix the past of how things were and why U.S. planners, you know, chose to go elsewhere because we were still closed and airports and all those issues. So I'd say that's a big challenge um, that I think will depend on larger trends and how com um, companies bring their employees together and, and how that works out. Safety concerns, as you mentioned, are also on the rise. Violent crime, particularly on the public transit, uh, has seen a rise in hotels are having to beef up security in their premises. Um, and that's an issue that I pretty much tackled on right away in the first couple of months. Is it solved? No. Um, but definitely working with Toronto Police, Public Safety in Ontario and the City of Toronto we have to see what all the pieces of the puzzle are to, to fix that and keep Toronto, you know, a beautiful, clean, safe city that it, that it is. And I think infrastructure is, is also a huge part of it. Uh, we know the city has traffic issues. Public transit is becoming overcrowded again, and we need maybe some more transit lines. Uh, and it's tough to get around. I mean, I don't live in the downtown core, and it can be frustrating uh, and almost want to give up. So if you're a tourist and you're living outside the city and you know it's going to take you two hours to come in for the weekend, you might just say, well, I'll go somewhere else. So those are things we have to address uh, and crowded when there's major events. And I think this has to be a priority for all levels of government to, to tackle uh, and including long-term funding for capital projects. I know that at uh, your recent, uh, well, in June, I guess, your summit, you had some members of the police um, 
group, uh, you know, speaking on a panel about safety issues. How, how much of this is a, is a concern for your association? How much are you working with the police to, uh, to improve, um, you know, the incidence of violence that can happen in and around or, or even homelessness that happens in and around certain hotel properties? Well, I mean, I, I started discussions with some of the BIAs in this area to see what I'd say it's still early stages. And again, kind of on my first year, I'm I'm building the blocks by having we met a few of the hotel managers um, and myself met with Toronto Police, some of the senior um, folks at, at Toronto Police. And the issue that came out of that discussion, that is, it's kind of a circle, it's Police, what can you do more? Police saying, what can the city do more? And Sarah, how can you help us have the province do more? So it is a. I, I know we're we're chasing the tail, so that's that's what happens in government. So I, I'm aware of how to tackle that. So I think there there's a lot more to be done there, but the dialogue has begun. Um, the safety issues are not the same necessarily in our in the GTA. So Mississauga, Vaughan, there I think it's more of a focus of how to build their brand more and, and get them exposure and educate their municipal governments about their economic impact. So um, lots more work to be done, but the hotels are tracking the incidents and reaching out to the police. The Toronto police have said, just call us. There are community police officers that are designated in certain areas. So lots more work to be done in that area, but definitely one of the first things I, I took on to, to tackle and see what we can do to solve. Yeah, it's becoming such a huge issue, so I can understand that. Um, so, Sarah, we talked a little bit about collaboration earlier and, um, you know, working with different groups. Can you maybe uh, provide me with some examples of successful collaborations or partnerships that have really benefited the GT um, in the past and, and hopefully also in the future? Yeah, so um, I think, well, we're very, very proud of our Spirit Awards, which happen uh, every November. They'll be November 10th this year. Uh, and it's working with the hotels to recognize and celebrate outstanding frontline hotel staff across the greater Toronto area. We call it our Golden Globes or the Oscars for, for the industry. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think that's giving back to, to the hotel community and, and praising all the great workers that are, are out there. We are in collaboration with a number of the colleges and University of Guelph. We do through our golf, golf tournament, we raise money through a silent auction, which gives five scholarships to those schools back every year. And I know they're very appreciative of that. Um, in addition to that, we, um, in 2016, we created the Humber College. We, we partnered with Humber College to bring the GTA Humber led, uh, Leadership Management Program. So the last year of that three-year program was to run in 2020. That obviously didn't happen. So we're anxious to reactivate the program with Humber uh, in 2024. So that brings 25 middle management staff from our member hotels who are selected to be in this program. And the program focuses on developing and elevating the participants and the students in the areas of communications and presentation skills, hospitality, sales, marketing, leadership, HR, e-commerce and accounting so and you know we're going to do this last year probably in 2024 and then i would look forward to developing another program for future years as our members come to us with what they think they need for their their staff so that program with humber um stopped in 2020 and didn't hasn't resumed until next year it's still not in operation right now 
It's not. I think, I mean, pandemic with change in leadership at GTHA and lack of leadership for a few months until I came on, it's just a, a timing piece. And I've, I've already initiated uh, discuss, discussions with Humber to reactivate the program. Okay. Um, and one of the ways I, I see that the hotel industry has changed in recent years is through its focus on um, sustainability and environmental responsibility. That's something that the industry um, started many, many years ago through companies like Fairmont, which was very much um, a leader in the field at the time. But sometimes we go through cycles where environmental responsibility becomes more higher uh, focused and other times it becomes a little bit more dormant. I mean, during the, the pandemic, it, it kind of lost a little bit of its importance because other topics became more important. Um, what what steps are you doing at the at the association to really ensure that sustainability uh, within the hotel industry in Toronto stays upper uppermost in everybody's minds? I would say, I mean, from a individual perspective for the association, having come on fairly new, that this is an area that is, you know, an integral part of our new three-year strategic plan. Um, so we'll be developing initiatives within that to to raise the profile in this area. One one small thing I can you know point to is that we did partner up with Veritree, which is a company out from BC, and we're hoping to you know connect all the hotels with that. That you know it's similar to um, not having housekeeping every day. That if if you didn't want housekeeping every day, that you know they would plant five trees or ten trees for for that guest that stayed at the hotel. So that's you know one small initiative that was. Um, started. I, I think we are here to identify new opportunities and showcase what's already being done. Um, you know, and I I recently I spoke with Susie, you know, the the partnership between Hack and the American Lodging Association to deliver the green key. So GTHA welcomes the initiative and works to expand it within the GTA properties. So That's more great, on yeah. that. Say. Great. And that was very recent, just in the last week, I believe. Yeah. So. That's right. Okay. Um, obviously, operating in this post-pandemic environment has been tough. I mean, even though hotel rates are higher than ever and occupancy is really, really strong right now, there's still a lot of challenges being faced by the hotel industry. And it would be great to know, um, you know, what's the association doing to support your members in this post-COVID 19 landscape because as much as the stats are showing some really good growth right now there's still a lot of issues as we've discussed so leisure travel is strong business travel is not so strong um, labor challenges and everything else so what are you doing to help operators um, more with more practical solutions I guess yeah I mean I think it 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 always comes back to how will government support us um and it's that education piece one step at a time and i'm i'm building it fresh whatever was done before there was a lot done between all the partnerships so now post pandemic it's continuing to put the message out there yes we're back but we were the the worst hit the last to you know the first to go out the last to come back don't assume things are great you need to continue to support the industry provide uh, initiatives that will, in some cases, give us funding, whatever that may look like. You know, the extension of the loans, I know that wouldn't affect a, a large property, but it would have possibly 
help some of the small boutique properties and maybe some of our vendor companies that that do work with the hotels. We we stood behind that as part of the bigger coalition. Um, twenty twenty three has been a good year again, but reminding them that you know we're not back to pre COVID uh, for the city and the, the the province, the feds, and the municipalities. They have to set policies that will support the industry. That's, I think what I can say is there, there isn't maybe some clear cut examples, but in speaking with the federal minister of tourism, she's, she's really gets it. And I think it, she understands the message and she wants to work with us to find solutions. So, so looking ahead, um, what do you think the priorities and plans for, for the future of the industry are from your perspective as an association? So in July, uh, GTHA conducted a full day strategic planning session with some of our board members. And we laid out a new strategic vision for the association, which focused on four big areas, advocacy, best in class communications, funding to strengthen the association to support the members uh, to, so we can expand what we're doing on their behalf um, and member and stakeholder engagement. And this last priority is worth highlighting my goal is for our members to see GTHA as the go-to resource for the industry on it, related issues that affect them and for stakeholders to have an association is the top of mind to their decision makers. I would say, you know, when I was being considered for this position, I had never heard of the Greater Toronto Hotel Association, and that's maybe because I didn't operate in the space, but having been connected for a number of years in government. So, you know, my my passion for all of our members is that I, I want to change the narrative so that when our name is mentioned somewhere or a hotel has an opening or an event that right away we have, again, going back to the part of the respect from the government that they see that we're here and it's extremely important. So that's sort of one of my key drivers for the next three years, five years. And I assume the Toronto Hotel Association is the largest in the country, right? By far. It is. It yeah. is. Um. So Sarah, it was interesting when you got announced as uh, as the new president and leader of the group that, you know, you start to look around at the changes in the industry. And in all the time I've been covering the industry, there's been very few women leading an association. And in recent years, that's changed dramatically. Susie at Hack, um, yourself in Toronto, there's the Quebec Hotel Association has a female leader. And I believe BC also has a female leader. So when you look at the landscape now, you see more females in those positions. Um, it's been a long time coming, but what kind of impact do you think women are making on this on this area? And um, what, what do you think needs to be done more effectively so that we can see even further growth? Yeah, I mean, I, I came from a fairly also, you know, male dominated industry in Marine, um, you know, and and that's fine. And I'll I'll. I'll start by saying if, when I'm mentoring younger women, I'll always say that those men in your industry are your biggest allies and your strongest supporters. And that's who's given me my strength and brought me to where I am. So uh, thank you to all of them and thank you to everyone in the industry. I think where it comes down to, at least from my perspective, is that we need to trust, engage and give opportunities for younger, for women, all of all of the segments of, of the population that maybe haven't been as as considered in the past for these roles 
and let them show us they can shine. And I feel that that's sort of my career path that I never for one second do I feel that I sit here today talking to you just because I'm a woman and it was my time to be there. I worked very, very hard, um, supported by a number of, of men around the world who were in leadership positions that helped me grow. So that's where I sit today is I I give my pledge to women in our industry to support you and help you and mentor you. And please reach out if you're looking for a new opportunity and, and you want some advice. I We're here to support each other. I think that's the key. Do you think there's a role that the association can play in um, helping hotels also change how they're looking at women as potential um you know, employees for the industry. We talk about labor challenges and everything that's going on, but I'm sure there's a lot of women with the right environment who would love to be in the hotel industry and grow into management roles. Is there something that can be done to to help on that front? I think, you know, um, yeah, I think we could do, we do more, more get-togethers to empower the women. And we did a lot of that in the marine industry around the world. I mean, the upcoming event, uh, October 30th, I think is uh, a, a great start. And maybe there's opportunities for us to do things at our hotel summit or our hotel outlook and have like a, a small breakout session or a meeting just with some of the women in the industry and, and listen to some of their concerns or ask for advice on how to beef up their resume or how to present themselves better. Maybe we could do a couple of workshops that would be supported by the GTHA, tapping into some of the leadership speakers that I've had the privilege to to hear and learn from. I think that that's a a great idea to help the women. That's wonderful. So with everything that's on your plate and all the challenges that you're dealing with, what would you say keeps you up at night? Other than a a, a barking dog, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> luckily, <laughs> that doesn't happen in the night, luckily. So I really, it comes down to, um, it comes down to government regulations. I find that if government stays out of the way of businesses, oftentimes they, they go about their way and, and things happen. So every time a government does something, it can impact sometimes negatively. So it's staying on top of all of the government regulations and taxations and policies that will affect us. For example, the MAC. I have a saying that I I used from my previous industry, and and that's again being proactive in our advocacy. That if if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So that kind of happened to us recently with the MAC increase in Toronto. So I want to make sure that the hospitality industry is not on the menu. <laughs> that's a great point. I love that. You know, when you look at the future more changes that are expected because let's face it, that's change is always coming at us from different directions. What's the greatest change that you anticipate for your membership? AI, artificial intelligence, and how it might affect hotels. It's coming and the future is unsure. I'm not sure I know how to use it yet. I don't know if everyone keeps telling me, I recently saw a presentation, it's gonna make my life easier. So bring it on, I'm, I'm reluctant to try. Um, so I think that's one area is that the the generational pieces in the hotels and 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 how that will affect. Well, it could be better. It it could you know um, change the housekeeping experience and allow the, the the housekeeping team to focus more on the room and allow 
you know, some automations um, take care of things in the hallways, like vacuum cleaners, what, whatever the case may be. So I, I don't really know for sure the details. I'm I'm learning in that area, but that that's one area I, I think is is going to definitely be change. Yeah, I think it's um it's it's exciting, but it's also a little scary for people because you don't know what scope will be changed. So I understand totally. Um, and basically, as a way to wrap up, because our time is uh, fast approaching, um, what do you think have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned in your short time on the job? Um, I know it hasn't been quite a year yet, but I'm sure there's been so much hitting you from so many different directions. And um, operating through the post-pandemic period, too, has got to be a huge challenge. But uh, I'm sure that's created a lot of lessons for you as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been challenging um, and learning new processes uh, and things I haven't dealt with before. But I would say um, the, the most I've learned is how amazing this industry is, how supportive it is, uh, how welcoming everyone has been. And that has given me so much energy to know that I can, you know, really hit the ground running and bring you the great things that I, that I want to bring. So I would say the, the welcoming nature of the industry, how hard they work. And I have yet so much more to learn is another lesson learned. <laughs> There's always more to learn for sure. Um, well, that's great. And I know, I know it's been tough to probably get used to a new industry, you know, having come from an, another industry, but you're doing a great job. And I really appreciate all the, um, the effort uh, you've taken today to be here with us. So Thank you for your time and uh, good luck with all the um, the to-do lists that you've got growing every day. Um, really appreciate your time, Sarah. Thank you very much, Rosanna. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Wonderful. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Checking In Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to rate and review our show. Also, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button. For additional resources related to today's episode, please visit our website, hoteliermagazine.com. Until next time.